0: Betches Media Presents.
1: Will you suck I'm d- to fix this water problem?
0: Sorry to this man. You can have a hundred people in the room. And I, oh, goodbye,
2: Kyle
0: at Betches. Rise and shine.
3: Hey guys, and welcome to the At Betches podcast. I am Kay, or K York City, whatever you feel like calling me today. Um, I'm the senior social media manager here at Betches, and I also run the Bachelor Instagram and I'm on the Bachelor podcast. Hey
1: everyone, my name is Dana. I'm the community manager at Betches, so basically the office manager, resident dog, wrangler, all that fun stuff. And I also run the Ones
0: Happy Hour account. Hi, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm the editorial director of Betches SUP. I run the Betches Up Instagram and help produce the podcast and handle the Twitter. And this is both of your first times on at Batches, I think. I did one episode. I did okay, an episode yeah. with um with uh Sean and Dylan and it was bizarre. I was like, why am I talking to two dudes for an hour? <laughs> <You> <laughs> this know. is my my first anything ever. So First podcast. You're
1: welcome, welcome to the the round of
0: what an arrival, Dana. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what an arrival. But yeah, Amanda, I want you to like you said you run the app Betches Up. And first of all, if you guys aren't following the Betches up, you have to be because um we're gonna be having a pretty intense conversation right now. And Amanda has so much information that she's putting out on the Betches Up Instagram account that you guys should definitely be looking into and reading at the moment for sure.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, Betch up is a political, a politics vertical and platform that we have here at Betches. Um, but we have a very strong perspective about things that we have never made any uh, mistakes about. Um, so obviously right now we're we're really working that angle. I am a white woman, I think that's important to state. Um, I'm here mainly today to listen to, to you guys. Um, I wanted to provide a little bit of a, the political context. Um, I'm sure everyone listening is, if you've looked outside, Probably, you know, what's going on in this country. It hasn't been. I was like, it hasn't been this quiet in the streets since like the early days of Corona because they had a a curfew last night. Uh, So there weren't as many people out. But But it was like 8 p.m.? Yeah, yeah. And they didn't let any. That's why I was because they didn't let any like non-essential or law enforcement traffic like below 96th Street, which is most of Manhattan.
3: Wow. Yeah. Usually it's just the subway that's not going below yeah. or above 96th street. I'm exactly. It actually anywhere. isn't.
0: Yeah, as I was saying that it actually isn't most of Manhattan. That's actually a misconception because Manhattan is much bigger, but we tend to ignore the top half of it, which oh, yeah. believe it or not, I don't know, might have something to do with race.
3: I live in Harlem. I am in the top yep. half of um of Manhattan and to be honest, I, with all of the, the protests and things that are going on right now, um, first of all, I also want to say, if you don't know already, I am a biracial female. Um, I have a black dad, a white mom, and um, this has affected me in different ways for sure. But speaking about the Harlem area in general, I was fully prepared for it to be way more intense up here. Um, protests? Yes. There have been protests, but I mean... You have to go find them, and it's not it's not like it's nothing that you've been seeing, which obviously in the media, all you've been seeing right now are um, you know the craziest things, not the normal peaceful protests. but it's really been quite quiet up here and every most of the stuff is happening downtown and in Brooklyn.
0: I think there's been an effort on behalf of the, the organizers of these protests to keep them away from communities of color because of the destruction that has happened. Yes. Like if you're going to have a protest where some people are co-opting it and looting and violence, go to fucking wall street. Don't go to Harlem. <laughs>
3: like, <Facts>. Right.
0: <laughs> but, um, so should I guess we'll run briefly through what's been going on and why. So last night was the eighth night of protests in cities across the country. Protesters are primarily demanding justice for George Floyd, who was murdered by police officers last Monday on Memorial Day. This sadly was broadcast across the nation. A lot of us have seen the really disturbing images. And this sort of prompted this large scale protest for racial justice. But it is in the background of a pandemic that has disproportionately killed black and brown people, that has disproportionately left black and brown people out of work. in a country that is already disproportionately sickened by chronic diseases because of systemic racism, in a country where already in the past several months we heard about two really high-profile killings, one of Ahmed Arbery, a Georgia man, who was killed by two white people when he was jogging, and Breonna Taylor, who was shot eight Uh times in her home by police. Um, These things are obviously really painful to hear about, I'm sure, for both of you, and they're things that, it must be hard to balance because it's like important to that this information is out here and it seems like how public George Floyd's final moments were seems to have really activated something in people. It's really sucks that it took that and these images are being sort of broadcast and that's where we're at today. We're at a place where a lot of people are <laughs> posting some black squares and <laughs> trying to read books for the first time, I guess. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: How are you guys feeling? Um,
1: I, I I honestly have been asking myself that every single day and every single day I I can't I I can't put it into words in the it's in the sense that it's so many different emotions at one time. I'm just first of all exhausted in every way that you can be exhausted. And also let me state because I've never been here before, I've never been on a podcast, I'm also biracial black woman, half black, half Puerto Rican. Okay. Um, but I am exhausted in the sense that having to see that some people who I've grown up with, who I've been friends with for years and years and years, be absolutely just, you know, in the background, they don't want to say anything, they don't want to, you know, stir up any kind of trouble or conflict on their own page or whatever. And like, well, how can you, how, how can you do that at the same time that you Are claiming to like care about me oh you value my friendship all this stuff so just exhausting in that way and sometimes I find myself talking about it and not even realizing I'm like crying to talk about stuff because it's just like numbing at this point which is very disappointing I know what you mean
3: because, uh, one of the things that I've noticed personally, I don't know if you guys have seen this video yet, but, um, I mentioned this on the bachelor podcast, but on e-news, uh, Nina Parker, I believe is, yeah, Nina Parker did an interview with like Morgan Stewart. And one of the things that she said, which really rang out to me and goes off of what you just said, Dana, was that, um, Our friends are sort of our our friends, not all of them, but there are people that are being silent about this whole thing. And I almost being silent could possibly worse be worse. Like I'd rather you just like say your all lives matter and be done with it so I can like move on instead of having you not say anything. And one of the things that Nina said in this interview was that she goes, the people that hate me are loud as fuck, you know? So like, you think about then you think about okay so why aren't the people that quote unquote love me that quote unquote are my friends why aren't they being loud like equally as loud because anger will always be louder than um you know the kind words you could have a hundred nice comments but you have like one negative one and you're like losing your mind so why can't we transfer that anger with our friends and our allies and our supporters and um make that just as loud uh, for the love for us. And it's really, it's crazy seeing the people who haven't said anything that has been, has been the most hurtful.
1: It definitely. And I feel like also I have every day try to post something that isn't necessarily like attacking anyone for how they're going about doing anything, but trying to be, you know, a good nugget of information about what you can do to help or you, you know, anything like that, anything that can be beneficial for black and non-black people who follow me alike but at one point over the weekend I think I posted something about about exactly what we're saying about that that Martin Luther King quote everyone is sharing about the silence of your friends is what you're going to remember and I put that and added my own little you know blurb about how it affected me and what I felt about it and then like clockwork as soon as I did that a bunch of people come flooding and saying stuff I'm like I Not that I don't appreciate the sentiment. I don't that I don't appreciate the intention now because it is coming from some of those people who I thought was like, I thought that we had this great relationship and now you're not saying anything. You haven't even like reached out to me,
4: but I'm not going to forget that it took me saying something for you to do it.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash Betches.
0: Do you guys think that that has anything to do with the fact that you are both biracial women? Do you think that people underestimate just because maybe they don't see how you experience the world sometimes and make assumptions about how you do? Do you think that that part gets like erased sometimes and maybe people just didn't, I mean, it's not acceptable that people didn't think you wanted to hear that reassurance until you put, put out into the world that you did, like they already knew you were black, but do you think that factors into how people are, are approaching you about it?
3: Well, personally, um, I, I think, people didn't, I mean, people knew that I, you know, knew that I was biracial. That's not really like a secret. I mean, if you didn't, then I mean, whatever, but I think they didn't know how to approach it because they didn't know how I was going to react to it. And one of the things that, and they also didn't know like what I was going through. Cause I haven't really talked about that kind of stuff. Dane, I know that you and I have sort of bonded over this as well. Um, so I want to hear what you have to say after this, but like one thing that I, felt growing up is like, so I had, you know, a black dad on and, um, and a white mom and my sister. So I have a younger sister who looks completely Caucasian. I mean, you would never know that we have the same parents. She's like white skin, green eyes. You would never know that we have the same um, parents, but we would go out to eat. And um, the waiter would be like, do you guys need separate checks? Thinking I'm with my dad and my mom is with my sister. Like something so small, but it would make you feel like weird or like my mom picking me up from school and we don't look the same. And like people like looking at or asking questions, but like the biggest thing for me was not being able to feel like I fit in anywhere because I was never really black enough or like, I still wasn't like the the white girls. Like I didn't have the pretty hair and all of like, I was very different. I mean, even to this day, I remember I posted this photo of myself yesterday with like um, it was a, I was like 12 and that was the first day I got my hair straightened ever. And I remember begging my mom, I mean, begging her because I wanted to have like the flowy long hair so I could put it up in a ponytail. Cause I was sick of like my kinky curly hair. And to me, that was beauty. And here I am at 31, still straightening my hair, convinced that, that, that this is what I should look like. And I mean, that's, it's just hair, but it, It has such a deep meaning, deep-seated meaning to me that um, people don't think about and people forget.
0: Right. And that's obviously in the context of that just doesn't come out of because Kay likes it better that way. It comes in a broader context, I'm sure, of, like, literally until recently, you can, like, ask Black women in a place of work to straighten their hair. Like, it's an issue. That's so messed (laughs) up. Yeah,
1: even just the hair thing. My... I honestly I don't even know how to describe my hair. It's it's like very long and curly when it's wet and it's just shrinking. Dana and galore. I have sent
3: pictures back and forth of our quarantine <laughs> hair so many times. It's
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, like it's... we're losing it, guys. Like <laughs> it's done. But after <laughs> the longest time, the easiest way was just two like braided pigtails. Every morning my mom would sit me down, do my hair, I'm off. And it came to a point too when I was in like middle school and all my friends are you know doing all these cute things with their hair or whatever even other black girls in my class had their hair straightened or, or like multiple braids or anything and I'm here with these two pigtails 13 years old I'm like well what the it hell work. I don't I don't <laughs> want this <laughs> so right. I also like begged my mom to let me straighten it she's like okay okay sure and i at this point in my life I'm only 23 but I've destroyed my curl pattern I've tried to I'm trying to wean back into it but it's like
3: you sort of have to do a chop.
1: Y- if you yeah. want
3: if you want to get yeah. those cur- like I will never be able to get my real curls back. Even like so my hair's probably grown out a couple inches. You can't tell right now because I've like fully straightened it, but when I get out of the shower it's like and then it's straight. <laughs> um it's like crazy. But um to even to, but to get my curls back to what they were, my younger sister did this because she would relax her hair as well. Like her and I have the same type of hair, but, um, just like to get it back to that you have to make a big cut and then go grow it out from there and out. And it's really hard to, to feel like that because you don't feel, I mean, I didn't feel pretty and that's just, that's the whole thing of it. I wanted to feel pretty. And to me that wasn't it
1: right and even just to sort of circle it back to the original point i i grew up in like predominantly white situations as far as school activities i went to a summer camp at the jewish community center so like i was constantly constantly surrounded by white people and so it's a matter of like mom mentality in a sense of you want to fit in you don't want people like call you out any differences or even myself my mom tells me this when i was really young i was a lot lighter and my eyes are kind of you know typically what you would expect like an asian asian person asian person's eyes to look like and so people are like oh let's see me with my mom again who's puerto rican and they'd be like oh what's her dad like she's so beautiful what is he like from you know some part of age or something, just like, uh no. She like she's not. But it's a matter of people are like, oh, sort of if they didn't see me in the summertime when I was really dark and really tanned, then it was like a Oh, what right. I don't even I can't we don't even have enough time to get into the like what are you conversation because that's I would just absolutely lose the plot. But that that in itself is just a whole nother
0: problem. Mm-hmm for sure. As you guys were speaking about your backgrounds, you mentioned that both of your fathers are black, right? Yeah. I feel like obviously what we're focused on at Betches 2 is really amplifying the stories about black women who are also killed by police. Um, but I think that there's a it's very dangerous for black men when they have inter- interactions with police. Um, is that when did you in your life maybe realize that that was that that was a thing that, you know, did you that when your father like a black man is your father and when they are encountered by a police officer their life is at risk is that something that you were aware of is that something that felt present in your life
3: to be honest for for me personally my my dad is very like i mean suburban dad different like I have never personally been in that situation with my father but my dad has five or six um brothers who have been in those situations multiple times one of them um I've definitely seen all of that happen so I sort of I haven't seen it with my father personally no but it's more of the like I said it's more of the The microaggressions that um have taken more of a toll on our life like the do you guys need separate checks is he you look like your dad it's like actually i look identical to my mother my dad and i just have the same color skin and same with my sister my sister looks i mean to a t like my father they're twins except they have different color skin but it's like small things like that where um i've really suffered with it and amanda Side note, I remember you mentioned yes. I think it was yesterday the day before we were talking about different products we could do for shop that um, That we could give proceeds the hundred percent proceeds to like what can we make what can we do and um, It was suggest that we do face masks, but you've made a really amazing point that Do like giving face masks to like if a black man were to wear a face mask You can't see facial expressions. So automatically um it puts them in danger which i did not think about i did not Some, think about yeah, that yeah somebody at had to all. tell me that yeah and i think that was that's such a good point because you know they you wouldn't think that with anybody else like with the white guy or with w- probably even me you wouldn't think that but the second it's a black man you're automatically um you don't you you feel weird about it or you feel like they could be aggressive so I don't know, Dana. What about you?
1: I also fortunately haven't been like directly present if any of that has happened. But and I, honestly, I can't really pinpoint the first time that I sort of was made aware of it on that more broad spectrum of as far as like differing that from my own experiences with like racism in general. Never mind with police and stuff. Like I, I can vividly remember that memory for myself. But I, I, I feel like it was just sort of mixed in with everything else like talking about it learning about it you need to be aware of this this and this this is different for us than it's for white people but i know that he like has dealt with it for sure and i know that he's told me he's like if excuse me if you know I, i i can't even tell you all the experiences if i tried because it's so many he like he was down at the million man march so that alone you can imagine how many potential interactions could have happened there Mm -hmm. but then I know I remember one time recently it actually might have been last summer I came home to my childhood home and police were outside of my house and I came from the garage and my stomach dropped I said what what could what could you possibly be here for like what what is going on it ended up like something had tripped my alarm but it was terrifying and it and it was it's upsetting that that is immediately where I went from like oh my god what's gonna, like what's gonna happen is my dad home like what's going on why are they here who you know what is gonna come of this and I wasn't even like oh someone must have broken into her house which didn't happen but like some something must have happened with the alarm like that that didn't even come to mind
3: yeah
4: we've all been there trying to fit everything we might need for a trip only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip, Go to BaseTravel.com slash Betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S-Travel.com slash Betches.
3: One thing that um, I'm curious of both of your guys' opinions and thoughts on this. So um, we talked about earlier uh, this morning about white fatigue. Is that what that is? And sort of, you know, when is this like... When are these protests are gonna? When are these protests gonna end? Like, when is it gonna be appropriate for me to start posting again? Like influencer stuff. Like how the like when you can um, start going back to quote unquote normal. When all of this is, I mean, it's never gonna be done, but you know what I mean. Like, I wonder what's going to be like. How this is all going to pan out? Like, are people just making these efforts right now because it's right now? Or is it going to keep going? Like, I'm interested to see if people will sort of put their money where their mouth is and like, you know, follow through.
1: Yeah, my and my whole thing with that, too, is it's I'm worried that a lot of people are sort of just, you know, waiting on the sidelines, waiting to like for that moment when they can, like you said, go back to normal, go back to business as usual. But at the, in the same thing, it's like, how can you do that when even even though like you said this is never really going to be done until something is actually done about it like an actual change is made about it but how can you say all that and do all that when even in the midst of some of these peaceful protests i can tell you firsthand one of my friends um knows a black girl who was at a protest in our in our state and they arrested her mother they arrested the her black friend's mother for having an unregistered vehicle And my friend was like, that's absolutely them abusing the power. And that's absolutely because she was Black. Because my dad, who is white, this is my friend saying this, he has been pulled over three separate times for not having registered his car. That's just because he's lazy, but he's never been arrested for it. He's never been threatened to be arrested for it. He's never gotten his car towed. So how can you say that? How can you say that you're waiting for business to go back to normal when Again, and this is just talking about like cars and driving while I'm black and all that, but my, my best friend as well got pulled over once in her life, but the one time that she did, she texted her mom. She said, I got pulled over. I'm recording it, but I love you so much. That is not something that a white person would do. That would not be your first instinct for you to text your, your parent that you might not ever see again that you right. love them.
0: Yeah, right. I think that... I th- on the one hand when worth things that are worth doing when they acquire like a performative aspect sometimes it's good when a lot of people feel like they will get some clout or good faith from people by sharing it and yeah. sometimes it is just the sharing that is needed sometimes awareness raising can make a really big impact but I, yeah, I get nervous about this because the actions that people need to take are, they're not like sexy, bright, shiny things. They're things like making sure you go vote for mayor. Like as much as, as great as it is to donate to these bail funds. And I think people should keep doing that. We're already paying people to keep us safe. That's our taxes. We're already paying for these people to not do their jobs. Like it's already out there. We can, it's free. It's well, it's not free to vote. Really. People are trying to keep people from voting all over the place but yeah it's like those things that are not sexy and fun to talk about um, I worry that people will get tired of and these are things that actually black activists know and have been doing and they know this is how the system works. A lot of good things that white people have in life from their government are because of the work of black people too. Um, Right. (laughs) Like (laughs) pretty much any good idea like (laughs) So no, it is. It is nerve wracking. Just yeah, because the thing is, it's like so. Actually, this news just broke that they arrested every officer involved with George Floyd's death, and they yes. bumped up the charges for Derek Chauvin, who is the man who is directly seen kneeling on his neck to second degree murder. Previously, it was third degree murder, murder which suggested that he didn't know what he was doing could end George Floyd's life, which he very clearly knew. George Floyd was telling him that he was dying. So right. Um, um, I mean like like we're saying that happened that's because people have been in the streets like they can't ignore when you look at big social movements like this moment is as big in some ways in terms of people out there as 1968 when some things oh, yeah. did change and it, it it matter like you're if you're white you're, your white body out there does matter everyone's making their own calculations because it's a pandemic but like if you haven't seen yet there are plenty of images of like when these protests escalate if you're white, you got to run to the front because they're not going to mess with you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's shocking to see during this protest. Like, I knew that they would probably beat up on white people. I didn't expect that they would do the exact brutality, racialized brutality, they're being accused of on camera during protests against police brutality. Right. But if you're comfortable going to these protests, like, your literal body makes it safer.
1: And, yeah, I don't know if I sent you this video, Amanda, but earlier I sent Kay something of oh my God. somewhere just in Philly and or this is uh, two things quickly um some some town near philly a group of white men were walking down the street like something out of the purge they're walking out down swinging baseball yeah. bats around golf clubs I anything mean, that
0: can be used as a weapon i was thinking and, about that when you were talking about the people that are saying nothing those are if you say nothing well there are white as well guys that, with like, baseball bats so
1: right and my friend voice. is there now and she's she's like there are some people some just lay people not even police out there with assault rifles like on rooftops and nothing's being done about this she said and and she even read in a local paper that a black man who got beat up with one of the baseball bats got arrested but not the not the people with them
3: that's my um my this guilt that i hold over myself that i've held this entire time that i feel like i um I have not been to the protest, but it's genuine, genuinely because I am like paralyzed with fear of a um, the virus. Which I mean, if you guys know, I've probably been out of my apartment five times total because I've been so scared of the virus, and um, and then on top of this, I just like I I can only expect the worst, which the media is not helping, but all I can think about is like, what if somebody shows up with a gun and there's an active shooter and this, and like I physically, it makes me so nervous and I'm living with all of this guilt because I'm not out there. So I am, I'm trying to tell myself it's okay because I'm doing this, you know, virtual protesting and I'm sharing this information. And I'm putting the, like some, <laughs> I have a, I have a tremendous amount of guilt with me right now um, over not being outside, but I mean, I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, I feel I think bad. that
0: makes it all the more important for people that do feel a sense of safety um, that to, to get out there because it matters. And if you, especially if you're an ally and you're white and like, it's not nothing. I've, I've also weighed it too, because when I've gone, everybody is masked. But as we said at the start of this, this pandemic is disproportionately killing black people because of systemic failures in our healthcare system that mm-hmm. That discriminate against people of color that have been there for decades. Like, it's not like, it's not like black people just got like rolled the rolled got a bad roll of the dice with coronavirus. Yeah, that's no. not what's happening. <laughs> like That's not it. Yeah. But I think like what has been hurting to me when I also am a little bit unsure is like, there's plenty of people out there. Like, I know their voices are being heard and change is happening. I mean, I think this is a big moment. And like we were saying, like, we'll continue to share the work that's not always the sexiest to do. But I think we just hope that by like putting it in front of people's eyes and making it easy. I mean, today, Kay, we posted this thing where literally you just swipe up and the email is already written for you. It's in your Gmail. You just send it.
3: And so many people have shared that, um, to the point where we tried, we were going to do the George Floyd one as well. And they weren't even accepting any more emails, which is fantastic.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's the flooding that matters. It's like, you really
3: have to
1: flood it. That does matter definitely definitely and my one last thing i want to bring up too um is about that whole thing that we were talking about earlier man the george floyd challenge which which is just it's it's ridiculous if you haven't seen it it's a, a bunch of and i think it was all men, really a guess. bunch of white men who were kneeling on the necks of their friends or whatever to like, trivialize what happened to George Floyd, and it's ridiculous. And people are, again, which is just showing the positive power that social media can have. People are like zooming in on their faces, finding their accounts, and like contacting their place of employment, all this stuff, trying to make sure that they're held accountable. But my whole thing is, too, people like some people who are, you know, just problematic are like, well, now they they've lost their jobs and all this and it's like they didn't care those people didn't care the, the part karen uh yeah. amy cooper and part karen to um Svetlana yeah. whatever <laughs> the sequel that complex called it the sequel yeah we're writing um, that up today they didn't care about what was going to happen to the black person that they were trying to you know induce their privilege to have something happen to them so why should I care that they are facing the consequences of their own choice.
2: Right. Yeah. (sighs) Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable, and it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, a.k.a. Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle, on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most... Before we wrap up, I was
0: wondering if you both could share, like, as a as a white ally, I always love hearing my- microaggressions I may not know about. I've tried to educate myself as much as I can, but I think that it's important for people to hear, like, what's the most annoying microaggression you get that's maybe in your place of work or from friends? And microaggressions, maybe we should define them. Yeah. Or sort of just um, go ahead,
3: Kay. I can give you, give me one second and I
0: can. She's like, I'm second. ready. Do you have a notes Not app? You, are you <laughs> looking at your phone?
2: Ah, I also have notes. We ready. <laughs> no.
3: Okay. So the term microaggression is used by, uh, was used by Columbia professor Daryl, Daryl Sue to refer to brief and commonplace daily verbal <laughs> behavior, behavioral or environmental um Basically saying shit like, where are you from? Oh, you're pretty for a black girl. Like stuff that you don't think is hostile or racist or negative, but actually is. It doesn't seem like it is. Like it's not with that intention. But stuff that people say, like Amanda, you just asked. So my most annoying one is uh, when when girls go out and they're tanning, they're like, oh my God, I'm darker than you. And I'm like... (laughs) first of all, it's a very different dark, like you're you're orange and I am brown. (laughs) So let's just say that. But, but that's one, that's my favorite one. It's like, Donald Trump has
0: definitely said that to somebody.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's, I mean, that, that one to me is the most irritating because I'm sure Dana, you get this as well because we are lighter skinned. You yes it is possible that you have a different hue or a hue close to mine but it's not something you should be comparing. Ever. Yes. Nobody you know. is
0: going to a cop isn't going to mistake you for an African American. Right. If he pulls you over. And so unless, no you're not darker than me. And unless
3: you want to be treated like my brown skin tone, <laughs> do not say you are. Don't try like, and claim it. Take yeah, all don't claim that it comes unless with you're, it. <laughs> Uh huh. Take everything or take nothing. So that's it's. You guys don't say that. Don't ever compare your skin tone to a black person, a mixed person, anybody of color. Not Just chill.
1: Like, be tan and 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 that's it. Just be and tan. Like up. get tan and shut sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes, I have gotten that one. I've gotten the whole in many different forms of oh, beautiful, like beautiful black girl. You're so beautiful for a black girl. I'm like, well. I gotta go. First of all, gotta, there's the exit. Um, That one. And then just comments about, which may not have been true for this podcast. We'll see about how well-spoken that I am because I used to do like performing arts and a bunch of different shows. And I was a tour guide at school. I did lots of public speaking. I took like broadcast classes, all of all those things. So, um, so that in itself, I'm like, well, what am I, i what I'm supposed to sound like.
3: Right. Like you don't sound like a black girl.
1: Like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're over the phone. Over the phone. And you can just tell that they're surprised that you look like that, even if they don't say Oof. anything.
3: I'm going to read just a few more because I have a few see? written down. I want to hear that... them all.
0: If you have multiple, this oh. is important information.
3: Mm-hmm. So here's, here's some that we have written down.
0: Where are you from? Or you're, re- you're really pretty for a black
3: girl, guy, whatever. Um, oh, wow, you don't have an accent. Uh, you talk like a white girl. I don't see color. Um, can I touch your hair? Oh, no. Is that your real hair?
0: Things you... My understanding is that um, just don't mention hair. Just don't comment on it. Yeah, we don't on to talk it. about it. Don't... Co- they, if, if you got a haircut, you like your new haircut. I don't need to tell you. <laughs> yeah. The, we don't need to talk
3: about that. Or your name is so hard to pronounce. Can I call you so-and-so instead? Um, uh, everyone has the same opportunities if you work hard enough. Why are you so angry? Can't you talk about this more calmly? Uh, wh- or telling people of color that they are loud. Yeah. Like, all of these are, are assuming if someone um, is Asian that they're Chinese. Like, you can't yeah. just leave it alone unless they tell you specifically. We don't need to bring that up. But all of these are like, you look so exotic, which which people so, use all the time. And it doesn't seem like it's offensive, but
1: it is. Like I one time had someone, which <laughs> I think was just a general them being dumb but at one point i was speaking to one of my friends about like puerto rico and stuff because she is our full family is from there so we were just speaking about it and talking about like being puerto rican and all this stuff and how i don't speak spanish as well as she does because my mom like doesn't speak it around the house and whatever but then <laughs> later on i come to find out that she was speaking to another one of our friends about it about like our conversation and everything and he's white and he basically mm-hmm. came in like, Oh, I don't I don't know why it came up, I don't care why it came up, it whatever. But something about me being black as well came up and he's like, No, she's not. Like, no, she's not black and my friend said, What are you Huh? And she's like she told me like she told me that she's Puerto Rican. She goes, She you know that people can be, <laughs> be
3: two different things
1: multiple things, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah, but she told me that she's freaking And then he said that he's like, didn't, like, didn't you tell me that? I said,
0: but when did I say that I wasn't black? Right. It's almost, almost like, like, yeah, it's, it's almost like if somebody were to say to me, it's like, oh, a man is Jewish. She told me she was white. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's Question fine. mark. <laughs> also the, like, you didn't,
1: you never said that you were black. Like, you, Why at didn't some point, you tell like, me? When is does it, that, is that an admission? have you used like, your eyeballs because at that point like i'm dark enough you, okay you might be a little confused like a lot of some people have thought that i was maybe indian or something like that but you, yeah you, know, some, all,
3: sometimes people don't know and they just think i'm a really tan white girl that is so true <laughs> that has happened mult. i mean countless
1: times but at the root of it so like, why do you why do you care so much why right. does it matter if you don't let see you know. color, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. then what's good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but yeah, so those are microaggressions or, um, now all of you guys know, I think those are really important and they, uh, you, you don't think about them and we know they're not meant to be offensive. Like, yeah,
0: but they, I, am, I mean, yeah, they prick like, yeah, I'm like, I don't ah. go through my day getting pricked all day by those things that then probably feel really exhausting by the end of the day. Yeah. Especially that. And,
1: just last thing is about these especially is at um that you look pretty for you're so pretty for a black girl or whatever even uh, first of all just that in itself is one of the the ones that's more prominently like why the hell did you why did you need to add that, that. little thing at the end but then that's something that is in your head if you're go- if you want to like say you see a white boy you think is attractive that's in the back of your head you're like well i just put myself in the eye. Oh okay, well, is he like gonna have a problem that I'm black? Is he gonna point that out? Is he is he racist?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Am I if I try and approach him? And then that's something that's always in the back of your head. Like, well, is he gonna think like I'm I'm pretty because I'm like a lighter skinned black girl?
3: Oh, I think about that all or, the time. I automatically assume if, um, if a white guy is into me, it's like a kink, (laughs) like, or like, it's like, they're, they're into that type of girl. Like, oh yeah, I'm into dark skin girls or I'm into yeah. I
0: automatically assume that I never obviously say anything. Yeah. All these things that you guys are saying are like part of why these protests are happening. It's like the shit that you guys have to deal with all the time and the, the weight of it. Like we need to transfer some of that weight to white people. Like Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's, as you guys are saying this, I, the, the idea of anti-racism is becoming a little bit clearer to me because I'm conceiving of it as like, how can I more outwardly project that I do not have those thoughts so that you don't have to spend your time and energy like wondering. I think that's wondering, why it's so yeah. valuable to put out there what you're feeling and to say that you believe in equality and racial justice so that black the black people and the people of color in your life don't have to like wonder and have the weight of that constantly. Like we need to share this burden. It's yeah. not it's obviously not fucking fair.
3: We all have to be in like at this point we all have to be in this together. We I've I've gotten a lot of messages from people being like um you know I know you don't know me but I wanted to say like I'm sorry and thank you for sharing your story and I've been messaging these people back I'm like we are no longer strangers at this point we have to be in this together I appreciate you reaching out like we have to do this together otherwise nothing is going to happen we can't be strangers any longer we can't we have to just do this together and that's what it is.
0: Yeah. You actually saying that earlier in the week, as we were talking about how we might approach this podcast made me uh, reach out to people that I was uncertain whether they wanted to hear from me, but hearing you say that it was meaningful and important. Oh I, yeah. Having, being able to hear you say that I was able to then like, no, man, this isn't about you, like reach out and who cares if, if it's weird, if they think it's weird, who, who cares? Oh. What if they had thought it was nice, then I would rather them have that. So I ended up reaching out to people I was uncertain about and I'm really glad I did.
3: No, it means, it means a lot. And just like, and I've been saying not that, not that anybody needs praise for doing like a basic human task of like reaching out and making sure people are okay. But I do want, like, I do want my friends and I want you to know, and I want, you know, other people who have been making these efforts to know that like, I see it, I hear it, like I appreciate it. And because I think that is also important. I think it's important to know that, um, to reiterate, like I said to you yesterday or today, I was like, I wanted to say again, thank you for everything that you're doing (laughs) because I think it's important because you also have been educating me on a lot of stuff that I'm not fully, you know, versed on the political aspect of it. So like you having that, that knowledge helps me personally and together we are able to do this and that's what it has to be.
1: Right, and I, <laughs> claps. Uh, I think it's important, too, to not just stop at that. Like, obviously, uh, I'm sure the same goes for you for, or any, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I know I appreciate when people are reaching out and like, okay, great, awesome, what else? Don't just stop with yeah, we can't making stop sure there. that you're being there to support me or whatever, you know, Black people you have in your life. Take it,
0: Be expand on that. Do something. Yes, and. Yeah, yes. yes, and yes, to and, and. yeah, like not, <laughs> not, I'm sorry you're carrying something heavy, but how, what can I take? What can right. I carry?
3: Right, oh, this was such a great episode, it you guys. Was. I
0: loved this, <laughs> you guys did so good. This was great.
3: Um, all right, thank you guys again for joining us on uh, the at betches podcast. Um, we have Amanda here who runs this up, Dana, when's happy hour? I'm on the Bachelor. Um, we're all going to be talking about this a lot. We got um, range. We got range. We, we're hitting all angles right now. So make sure you're following all those accounts and um, stay informed and keep up with the Betches Up Instagram account because they will have all of the information on how you can help, how to educate yourself and to stay woke as fuck during this time. <laughs> so we will see you guys next time and stay safe.
4: Batches.